Here we go. Saturday morning. We're off, Christopher. It's um I like the theme music. <laughs> Here we no, go. you know what it you know what Here it reminded we me of? When we're off, Christopher. That's it. It reminded me of Saturday morning cartoons. Oh nice. Do 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 Spider-Man, I love it. One of my favorite memes or gifs, I should say, are the one where the two Spider-Mans or the three Spider-Mans are pointing at each other. Yes. I love that one. I do like that one. Have you seen the new Spider-Man? There's a new Spider-Man cartoon? Well, no, no, oh. sorry. That was oh, a hard yeah. shift. That was a bad shift. No, the Spider-Man, the one with uh, Far From Home. The latest the latest installment. In the, I have in issues the... with Spider-Man because there's 8,000 of them. I don't like that. Okay. Sorry, I, I saw the cartoon. So is that a so is that a no? <laughs> no, so, I've not seen the movie, and yes, okay. I have issues with the Spider-Man movies because okay. there's eight thousand of them. Okay. But I did watch the animated one; that was good. Into the Spider Verse, is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Where it was like the multiple Spider-Man. I I don't know. I don't remember the story. I just remember the main character who I really liked, the kid. His dad was a cop. Yes, yes. Okay, yeah. So, um, yes, I would agree. I. I thought that was phenomenal. I loved everything about the design of it, the like the look, the animation. Loved mm -hmm. it. Loved it. So I would say the new Spider-Man without without going too two spider spoilers. Ish. No, two spider spoilers. Two spider spoilers. Um riffs a little bit on that multiple Spider-Man thing. So just mm. just saying. Just saying. Um so um but I can also say, I will also say didn't like it. Didn't like it. Didn't like it. Okay. Yeah, that's all. But um, I like the Saturday morning cartoons. I miss, I miss, I don't necessarily miss the cartoons. I won't say that I miss the cartoons. I miss the, I miss how I felt needing to get up for the cartoons. I felt, I missed, I missed the, like, Saturday morning was purposeful, yo, because that was like, I think about the week. I think about the week and how TV shows seem to be, made for adults during the week and it felt like saturdays were like it felt like saturdays were meant for kids like it, you really really felt like that was that was your time that was a, you know you and i this week we were talking a little bit well i don't know i was talking i think you mentioned too but like leaving the classroom yesterday and not feeling that immediate click like i have to get home to pick up my kids i have to go get groceries like i didn't have to do a hard pivot out of the classroom and i kind of sat there after class for a little bit i'm like i don't know it was just i was just in neutral in this weird kind of neutral um and then felt like i could just gently maybe that's the word i could gently kind of move into whatever friday evening was going to be mm. and the whole friday evening for me was super gentle leading up to me gently putting my head on my pillow at 8 30 p.m and saying this is the right thing to do good night right like it was super 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 gentle but um, Saturday mornings, Saturday mornings used to feel, and I don't know if this is, I'd have to ask my old kids, but I think it's very different for them. It used to feel like it was, they were designed for children. They were designed, they were designed. And the cartoons knew it. They knew it. They they kind of lit you up that way. They knew it. They they did stuff to make sure that that's the marketing, the theme song that you just did, or that we were just messing with. Like all that was meant to remind you Sat yo kid, Clough, little Clough, mini Clough. Here you go. Saturday mornings. Here's your gift. The hardship of being a kid all week was somehow lifted by having Saturday morning cartoons. Somehow. Just a little bit. 
I'm I'm with you in terms of I agree Saturday mornings are designed for kids the cartoons as as you talk about I have great feels for waking up on Saturday morning and watching for example GI Joe you know oh. it was yeah GI Joe He-Man um there was a show called the Ma- the mask the mask mask there was, was that cool- was it was it so but that wasn't based on the Jim Carrey movie was it no 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 it was it was a group of like a group of people who drove cool vehicles that could like had weapons in them and stuff maybe it wasn't called mask but it was something like that it was and it was only on saturday mornings um do you watch thundercats yes yeah i was a, i was a fan of thundercats there was a lot of good stuff man um yeah it brings back some good feels for G. sure G. joe the, and then gi joe i i don't think i realized at the time but a lot of those i think some of the the um i i'm more aware of it now when you start to say like hey that thing kind of looks a little bit like that thing so i think back in the day some of those cartoons the same animators were on the teams and you would sort of say like somehow you could just kind of remove a costume from one of the gi joe characters and it kind of looked like one of the characters from transformers mm-hmm. and you started to realize that there were sort of stables of animators that kind of i think were okay this week chids you're working on transformers this week and you would bring your style to it and then all of a sudden you know some of the the human or things look like the the humans in the other one i think i had a sudden and stunning kind of moment like wait a second this looks like a spider-man cartoon I'm trying to remember some of the other ones. I, I think He-Man was one, Thundercats, Transformers. I don't remember the mask one. I did watch, I think, uh, oh, it, I don't think it was called Voltron at the time. Character. Voltron's a character, is he not? Yeah, Voltron's like a robot, right? Yes. Like a Like a robot. And they did an upgraded version of that. But there was another name for that when I first encountered it and Mark, Jason, princess, I forget the original run of it. It was, this, I think it was the same robot, but they were telling the story Rangers. No, 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 it's gone. But yeah, I have, I have very like thinking about how Saturday mornings, Saturday mornings felt like a message from the universe. Kids, you are important. You are special. I'm gonna. It's gonna. You're. I'm paying attention to you today. And here you go. Here's your. Here's your cartoons. And I was fine. This is the other thing too. I was fine with one episode. Like I was. I was. I, I, like now I'm not. Right. We're in streaming culture. It's got to be more than one episode. But at the time, like I think back, I was okay if I only saw one one episode of a cartoon. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really satisfied. But like I was telling you the story about working at the coffee shop. Those cartoons better be there. And sometimes stuff happened, whether from the tech issues in our house or um, we had a converter box, one of those push button converter boxes. Did you ever see one of those? Yes. Looked a little bit like a, I don't even know what to compare it to. You know, it looked like a poppet. It was a, it was a geometric poppet because you had to push down one button and it would get you to the next channel. Came with a super long cord. I always trip over it. Our hamster chewed on it. So sometimes that box that box didn't work right. And in order to get the cartoons I liked, I had to get to channel 29, like Fox. Fox had, at the time, NBC was okay. 
Oh, Super Friends, Justice League. That was another one too. Mm-hmm. Um, J- yeah, JLA, Justice League of America. Um, so uh, Inspector Gadget too. I think I kind of oh, got interested in yeah. Yeah, that one. Was another one. Um, so uh, that box sometimes there, there was a rocker button on it because there were two row. There was one line of buttons, but there were two rows of channels, and you had to replace the sticker on your actual thing depending on what where you were in the province for the channels. I found that out. But there was like a upper, if you press the button up, it would give you the top row. If you push the button down, it would give the bottom row. But that button in our house never. So sometimes it was, it just wouldn't pick it. Like it, I think what happened was whatever the connector was on the side caused a short in what channel. So it would, it, I would have it down, which would give me access to the bottom row. And on the bottom row was Fox 29. But because the rocker button was shorting out, it would sometimes flip to the channel that was just above it. Mm-hmm. So I'd be mid like Thundercats. Uh, what? No, I don't want. I don't want Saturday morning church. Like it would kind of like flip to something completely ridiculous, and then like, okay, it's back. Um, and then also just the last thing I'll say on this: the intentionality around. Like I think that. Um, one of the greatest things that ever happened for advertisers was streaming and not having to deal with Saturday mornings anymore. Mm-hmm. Two, well, two things. Saturday mornings, I could have been advertised. I could, I could have, I could have seen an advertisement during cartoons on Saturday mornings that would that was telling me to go out and you know shave my head, shave my head, buy a buy a uh, uh, like a four wheel drive p- purple tank. And learn, you know, jump on a plane and and fly somewhere to learn kung fu on a mountain. And I would have believed it because it was happening during Saturday morning cartoons. Like those, that product placement slot that would be uninterrupted by parent oversight. Like, no, you're not going off to a mountain to learn kung fu. No, you're not going to shave your head. No, I'm sorry, you can't buy a purple tank. No one would have been telling me that. I was able to just sit there and dream of the possibility. And it obviously would pop up in conversation later with the parents. Yeah, you know what? I've been thinking like I want to go buy a purple tank and shave my head into a, a you know, shave my head. And I'm like, where's this coming from? Like, I don't know because I actually wouldn't remember. But Saturday mornings uninterrupted, so much space, right? You just like kid made for a kid. And as I'm saying this advertisement thing, I guess slightly dangerous too, because <laughs> that's because the stuff that happened on Saturday morning directly translated to the temper tantrums I had going grocery shopping with my family. Oh, I want this cereal. I want this toy. I want that. Can I get those cake? I always wanted, can we get Oreos? I want to get Oreos. We have to get Oreos. We never had Oreos in the house. I believe Neither we should we though. Neither the bra- yeah. Or, or ice cream. No, you know, we don't get ice cream. It's just a treat. I want ice cream. And then I'm, what I'm doing is I'm replaying the Voltron episode where they went for ice cream and they were happy. And that's a family, and I want to be a happy family. So, dude, I'm with you 100. Um, percent Everything you said, like when I was, I'm not tripping. I'm not tripping. Right? This is a thing. No, you're not tripping. It's a thing, and you you were able to verbalize it really well. For me, at least, I can remember, and I can I can visualize these things. I can feel the feelings that I had <laughs> sitting there quietly in my PJs watching these cartoons and these commercials. You're welcome. And just epic. <laughs> like, talk about taking me to another world, right? 
Um, and I hate, well, I'm going to shift gears in a second, but do it, do it, I, did, I did find the mask TV series thing and I, I sent you a link, but so it was, um, here's the description of mask. Matt, Matt tracker leads a special team of masked crime fighters with a fleet of hidden function vehicles against miles mayhem and his criminal organization known as venom. And dude, this, it was only on for two seasons and I think they did that on purpose to rip my heart out of my chest and stomp on it because I really enjoyed the show. Two seasons of a cartoon like this, like how did this not stay? I don't understand. But the the products that came out of this show, I had a buddy named Ben. Here it goes. Ben Noel was his name. And I was invited to Ben's birthday party, I guess in between the two seasons. And for his birthday, he got the mask vehicles, the, the sports car, the the um, what's that the truck uh, I don't know what the truck's called one of those big transport truck things like a like a spinoff of Pro Optimus Prime and we were playing with these toys and again heaven I'm in heaven at Ben's birthday party seeing the mask toys so talk about like a money maker two seasons of the TV show but somebody was able to produce the toys quick enough and like I'm sure if we could try to find these these vehicles on eBay or whatever, they're probably going to cost a fortune. But anyway, Mask. Um, wow, what a darn good show for me Saturday mornings. It had my attention. I want to switch to something a little bit more serious. So um, there was a tweet. Can I just do one on serious just for a second? Yeah, go for Cause, it. Because this might be important for some people just to completely draw them in. So Mobile Armored Strike Command with a K. That was what mask. I, I'm you got me stuck on the I, ISDB now. Um, and then Venom, Ooh, vicious evil network of mayhem. Imagine that coming up in conversation later on in the day with the family, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, mobile armored. What was it? Mobile armored strike command. With a you're K. making. I love that. You're, yeah, you're making spelling mistakes on Monday. You're right. Oh. You're 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 going into the. Because every, I don't know about you, but every week we had a spelling test. We had the old speller spelling book and we had the words. And if command came up with a C, yo, dude, I would have been saying, no, it's spelled with a K. That's awesome. I saw it Saturday morning. I saw it Saturday morning. K, pivot us, pivot us. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pivot us into, uh, into the Ontario Catholic Schools Trustees Association who represent Ontario's 29 English Catholic school boards that collectively nurture and educate 600,000 students. That's their Twitter profile. Okay. Um, now, the Catholic Schools Trustee Association, they just uh, recently had, I guess, their AGM. And um, they have a picture on Twitter of their board of directors following the 2022 commissioning ceremony in Ottawa. This was posted 12 hours ago. I'm looking at the picture, bro, and the lack of diversity of the board of directors once again is, is uh, it's not, it's not, I got no good feels about it. Um, these are the people that represent the Catholic school boards. And I mean, there's no, there's the, the picture is just whitewash. And um, it's not sitting well with me. Mm -hmm. I can send you the tweet. I just wanted to share that because 
I think you know that here in my neck of the woods, we are working really hard to try and um, diversify our workforce in my school board. Mm -hmm. And when I see something like this, if the top looks like that, then there's like this invisible message that rolls downhill and maybe permits everybody else to continue to not why bother like if the top looks like this these are the people who kind of oversee us then why should we do that below um this leads me to my next point that i don't i don't want to take away from what you might want to say about this but I think you and I have talked about this before. When you're in a leadership position, people look to you. And I guess my perspective on that is a left-leaning one because my my perspective is, is if you're a leader and people are looking to you, I think you always, not always, but you have a, in my, in my opinion, you have... Um, an obligation and a duty to serve everybody under you, particularly the the people who are underprivileged, the people who are not, um, who don't have, who don't have. And so in your leadership, you make decisions that maybe privileged people won't like, but the underprivileged or the underserved people will appreciate that somebody's looking out for them. And, uh, walking around the schools these days i'm seeing a lot of leaders not wearing masks anymore which then does two things it frightens it frightens the people in the building who are looking to the leader to normalize maybe wearing the mask it does that and it empowers the people who never wanted to wear one to say well my boss doesn't wear it so like i won't even think twice now um, and I think it could cause a divide. And and here's the thing, like, I don't have an issue with them choosing not to wear the mask. I have an issue with your people are looking to you. You've got frightened people looking to you, wanting someone above them to demonstrate that modeling for the people below them. And you're not doing that anymore. So now I'm in a scared place. And uh, I want just I wanted to throw that in there. So I'm I'm sending you the link to this tweet, and I'm I'm not happy. Like, come is this for real? Like, it's 2022, and this is what uh, this is what the leadership for Catholic school board looks like. Like, I just don't doesn't sit well with me. I wanted to throw that out there. Is there, just making sure I'm not muted. Um, who, was it you and I talking about this? Yeah, it was you and I talking about this. And some of the work that um, sometimes that is done in equity spaces, and, and I, this isn't a new phenomenon, but I think I'm starting to, I'm starting to have an appreciation of the scope of space into which the equity work that I'm doing is going. And what I mean by that, um, come at this a different way. Yesterday in class, so I'm teaching geography and yesterday in class, we're talking about Earth Day. 
and I mentioned to them, the students, I said, you know, for me, I try and think about, I really try and think about what does direct action look like? Cause I went around the room and we, I don't know, did you see the Google, the Google uh, doodle from yesterday? I don't think so. So the Google doodle from yesterday was, was cool because it, it was um, stop motion photos of climate change. So green spaces, losing their green space, coral reefs, shriveling, um, glacial ice melting. So it was a lot of this, a lot of, a lot of that. Right. And it's in, it showed, you know, the time frame. So 1995, 2000, 2000, 2020, and showing the difference. So we talked about, I mean, we, we went through some keyword analysis and the actual lesson was going to be talking about natural resources. So forestry, the forestry industry, we talk about forestry, fishing, farming, um, <laughs> three apps. There's something else though. I forget what the other one is, but, um, so we're talking about starting with the forestry and talking about the importance of it and how do you maintain it. So I'm, I was a tree planter. I did tree planting. So I have, I have some media that I shared with them and I told them how it kind of start off, started off as just an opportunity to make money in university. There was other stuff. It, it meant I could go travel a little bit through Ontario, but I grew to appreciate actually, because when I, when I first arrived there, when I first arrived at tree planting, I saw the spaces that had been destroyed. I actually could physically see the clear cutting spaces. It wasn't a video. It wasn't TV. I was standing in spaces where a kilometer by half kilometer swath of trees had just been cut down and pulled out of the forest. And then you can see a kilometer away, the forest starting again and forests don't grow like that. Like they don't grow in geometric patterns. That's the interference from, right. So they're, they're the way that they grow is actually adjusted, mutated, evolved by human interaction, human needs. Right. So I, I told the students, you know, I really, I, I think I had this fundamental understanding of doing a good thing. I'm going to go plant trees. Like there's no, I can't, you know, I'm not even going to bother thinking of a scenario. What's a bad idea to plant a tree. We could be creative and think of stuff, but they, they, we kind of understand like, it's just, you know, get lots of sleep, stay hydrated, plant a tree. It kind of exists in this accepted space of doing good, but I don't think I really understood the bigger context that planting that one tree existed in because when I'm carrying a hundred trees about if I was planting pine, the bags that we would carry, imagine just like a harness, you'd had a bag here with a plastic bottom, and then you had a another sort of bag. They're about this deep-ish, hard bucket bottom, kind of a flexible top, and you would have like tree seedlings all loaded up in there. So I might be carrying a hundred of them, depending on what tree I'm planting. And I'm standing looking at this kilometer-long plot of land that I'm going into plant in. And it was a really stunning sort of like uh exercise and understanding scale so i was trying to share that with the kids saying you know the steps that you take are important but we also have to understand a lot wider context in there i don't think we can exist in wider context without understanding what the building blocks are so i was telling them like i'm looking off in the distance and i see this 30 foot tree i'm planting a tree that's 10 inches tall at some point i understand scientifically that 10 inch tree is going to grow into a 20 30 foot tree the amount of time that that'll take who knows? I won't be here to see that, but I can understand the science. I accept the process. And I know at some point it's going to grow into that because I've started in that, that appropriate scientific way I've planted. Well, I know that it's going to get the light. The intention is to replant. So all of the science backs it up. 
So I was trying to get the students to understand that and get it, you know, because I asked them to pick up garbage. Yeah, I, so I'm talking about direct intervention. When you walk into the school, we'd had to talk, what is trash? We and had, So we defined what trash is. I said, do you pick up trash as you walk in the school? No. Why? Well, it's not mine. Okay. So we have that not about, you know, not in my backyard, the whataboutism, somebody else should do it. So this was a really cool conversation. If I bring this back to equity and the equity work, the investments that you and I are making right now, there's no assurance that we're going to see the fruits of it. It's that it's that kilometer, you know, clear cut of space that we're going into trying to replant something with the understanding that there is a technical tool here, but that there is the possibility that at some point, like we may, we may grow that front kilometer, but if someone decides to go in and clear out the next one, well, that problem perpetuates. So then we get into this idea and equity of like, okay, we get the conversation starting, but who's going to pick it up when we're no longer talking about it. And I'm, I, I am more and more finding these examples because I crave direct response to my direct action. I start there. I kind of start there. Like I want to see right in front of me that I have direct impact positively, constructively, broadly to someone's mind when I'm trying to sort of expand their ideas about equity and kind of doing the things that will give me something in return. And I very quickly realized that I'm kind of playing into a really bad role here of thinking that I should be able to commodify equity work and that it really is a long game. Now, this is just my entry level to this because I've heard people say time and time again, the frustrations they feel because of the long game. Um, I So where I started with this is I was wondering about, you're talking about the individuals that are in leadership. In some ways, there can be the new people coming in to change the thinking in that leadership. I think to myself, one of their access points is through the permission of that leadership. You can go in and you can overturn the kingdom, so be it. But I mean, they're going to fight back. They're going to fight back in some ways. So I'm thinking about what is the work that's being done to try to basically give, up, give, convince, educate that leadership system that they need to give up their place at the table so that somebody else can step in. That process, because part of it is part of it is predicated on that leadership system giving up their seat because they feel like it's the right thing to do. And that's kind of mind boggling to me. Like that, that process is mind boggling to me. Despite the fact that I think you and I are uh, in different ways immersed in that process. <laughs> Sorry, that was a long, that was a long analogy, but it really got me. Because like the kids, it really comes down to the kids saying, it's not up to me. I'll pick up my own garbage. I said, oh, yeah, but then now we're really not thinking about the community effect here. Because showing them the Google Doodles, I'm like, is that a problem for you? Direct, indirect. Is that a problem for you that those trees are dying, that that glacial water? And then I had to sort of geographically place it somewhere because we talked about rising tides and the effect on the coasts where water levels rise. And we've talked about um, gases and other things that are trapped, CO2 that are trapped in those ices, that there's more trapped in that ice than we could ever produce because there's millions of years of glacial ice trapping toxins. They melt, it releases into the air. I was like, do you have an, an issue with that? And they really are looking for direct impact. They're looking for direct impact. 
so thinking about this process of this leadership giving up their positions, I wonder about what's the direct impact that would give them the impression that this is important because otherwise it's just melting glacial ice somewhere thousands of kilometers away from them. And because they're not on the coast, it's not flooding in their backyard. Like they can actually choose to stay in their leadership position and believe that that's, that that's the right thing to do. And, and, you know, they'll, they'll stay there. They'll just, they'll stay in the position. They'll, they'll ride it out. Is there anybody that actually, it, it makes me think a little bit about uh, a mindset that I had when I was running restaurants. I would have people, I think I told you a part of this, but I didn't tell you the, the other part of this. Individuals that asked me for a raise, I would ask them because they said that they're doing the same job as somebody else. Mm -hmm. And I would say, you got it wrong. You're comparing yourself to the wrong person. They're like, what do you mean? So in the brigade system, the only person you compare yourself to, no matter where you start, is the leader. You don't get to compare yourself to the next like the next station over. You have to compare yourself to the leader. The reason being is that your position in the pack is directly connected to who the leader is. Like you your position is decided by the number of people that would be in each leadership position. So if you came to me as the dishwasher and say I'd like a I'd like a raise. I'm like, well, you don't get a raise for doing your job better. That's the expectation for you to do your job better. You, you get a raise because you've increased your skill level and you've re, re, you basically increased the likelihood that I could, I could raise you up with that money to a more a higher level of responsibility. You could be actually responsible for more things, accountable for more things. And they'd look at me like, what are you talking about? I just want an extra 10 cents an hour. I'm like, no, no, you're being paid market market for the work that you're doing. A raise outside of market increase means that you're offering something more to the team. You're bringing something more to the table. So I think about this within the context of the, like the, the equity work. Like you don't, you, they're coming in and adding that value. If these leaders are not actively adding that value, at some point, someone's going to call them and say, like, you don't, you don't really deserve to be in the position. Stuff around you is changing and you're not. So maybe that'll be on the renew, you know, the renew dates when they try to renew their contracts or whatever. But I'd be fascinated to hear what type of pressure they feel to change and to basically. So when this person's telling me they want to have a raise, I'm telling them, I'm going to train you to take over my job. That's your path. I'm the person that you compare to. And I know that I've done the right job by training myself out of a job. Because if I wanted to stay in the job, that means, and so there's, 75 of you that I'm responsible for. The only way I stay ahead of you as the leader is if I'm actively training myself to become a better leader and get better skills. If I camp out, then that means I'm risking that one of you could take my job because the boss is going to say, your second in command does a better job than you. So I have to keep growing too. And if leadership, I think within education, that's a bit of a funny phenomenon. I don't think we necessarily do that. I think we have this idea of arrival and we're good. So those individuals that you're sort of saying that, you know, that looking at the individuals there, they um, have been given permission. It's an equal measure of they've been given permission to stay and just be. And the system in itself is okay with it being, you know, white leadership. Like the, the, the system quite clearly is saying, this is what we want. We want people like this. That's problematic for me. Should be. But I understand 
what you're saying. Yeah. And we have, we've talked about this. We've talked about this. So dude, how's the art coming along? Oh, are we at time? Not yet, but it's creeping. The time is a creeping. Yeah. No, we're good. We're good. Um, oh. Did you want to hit on anything else this morning? Um, did What did I say as possible homework? Because I don't even think we got to it. Remember last week I mentioned something that was fascinating me? I do remember. Let's see if I wrote yeah. it down. Because I think I, I, got a, I got a definite eye roll from you, um, which is cool. That's cool. No, dude. All I have is. Uh... Oh, it was this. It was the Easter songs, and I think that was it. Oh, if anyone's come Easter across, songs. yeah. If anybody, yeah. If anybody, you know, knows of, as it was mentioned, by one of our. Um, so amazing... we had we had somebody comment from our YouTube make comments on our YouTube video last week. Aldo, mm -hmm. hey, word up to Aldo. Aldo made some comments. And then this this other lady, let me uh, let me get the link because I don't want to uh, do this wrong. Dominique Camless, she um, made a comment on our YouTube page, um, saying that she can think of a few secular Easter songs: Easter Parade, Here Comes Peter Cottontail, and Hot Cross Buns. <laughs> you were enjoying those a couple weeks back. I haven't been able oh. to. You were, yeah, you were like, and it was week, so fun. I, didn't I come yeah. on air with not on air, but you and I yeah. jumped into the on ramp, and I was eating. Well, we were talking about it. I was say, I'm, I'm. You were, you just offhandedly <laughs> mentioned that you were like enjoying them. You got them at Cobb's or something like that. My wife um, bought them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, bought them at Cobb's. Um, I think part of it was like I can't. I don't. Um, I have a hard time with them. Like I want to like them, but if, but if I, if I had my choice. I'd probably just get like a like a like a Danish or something. Like I don't. There's something about it. I don't know. Maybe I just you know what, dude. Maybe I've just never had good hot cross buns. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's well, it. dude. I have to tell you that when I was a kid, I'm trying to remember the name of the grocery store. Oh man, it wasn't a it wasn't a big grocery store. It wasn't popular, but it was like. So I'm talking Ottawa. So in Ottawa, we had Loblaws. A&P? Maybe it was a &P. Yeah. Well, A&P is Dominion. Okay. So it wasn't called Dominion in Ottawa. It was called No, no, no. A&P was like, oh. yeah, A&P was like, depending on where you were, it's kind of like how, um, oh, like we have like, Supercenter. We have Superstore in Newmarket. North of us, we have Zares. So yes. theirs is, it's the same company. Gotcha. They just try and brand a different way, right? Right, right. So um, there was this, uh, there was this mall near my house, my apartment building, and we'd go there and my mom would shop at the A&P. And I'll never forget. So my mom didn't buy a lot of like sweet breads and goods like that. No, no, no. She would make stuff. Yep. Um you know, thumbs up to my mom's upside down uh, pineapple cake. Sounds like a good idea. She would make something called a one, two, three, four cake. Um, nice. So anyway, my mom would make stuff like that. But I got sick and tired of that stuff because it was the only thing she made, right? And you know what? Mm. At the at the um, 
the birthday parties I went to, the uh, Middle Eastern birthday parties I went to, it was always, it seemed to be like it was always black forest cake. That's just what it seemed like to me all the time. So I was sick and tired of black forest cake. I was sick and tired of the, the, the goods my mom made at home. And I'll never forget the one day. So you can imagine at the grocery store, we never spent any time at the bakery. Why would we? She wasn't going to buy anything there. So I would, <laughs> I would walk around, sniff the, the smells of whatever was there and look at all these baked goods and wonder, what do these taste like? You know, what is a Danish? What is a Danish? Why is there a big blob of, of blueberry in the center of this bread? Anyway, she friggin' grabs a pack of hot cross buns off the display. And I'm like, what? The first, the first thing I think is, is there something special happening at home? Are we having guests over? Like, why is she buying this foreign item? And it's a bun. So I'm like, what the frig do you put between the bun? Like bread, a burger? Like, yeah, I yeah. Have no, I have no understanding. How are we going to purpose this? What do we do with this thing called a hot cross bun? And it must have been close to Easter because I don't yeah. think I see them around. Like they're not around. I think it, I think they are. They're in Easter. I don't know. Yeah. I'll have. I'll do the research. I'm sure. I mean, there's, I'm sure yeah. you can find them somewhere when it's not Easter time, but they're not in your face. And they're probably not the same. That's right. what someone so, would say. They're not. They're the best ones are sold around Easter. So my mom buys these hot cross buns, and I think they were like No Name or the A and P brand, right? Get home, and she says, "Do you want one?" And I'm like, yeah. So I never forget. I bite into this thing and I'm like, it's friggin' sweet. So that <laughs> I'm like, because I wasn't thinking, because it's called a bun. And yeah, I, yeah, it's true. Yeah. So I'm I'm chewing on this thing and I'm like, oh, like there's raisins. I can taste like I can taste like not the sugar, but this I can taste that it's sweet. It's there's a, a slight like, glaze on them. There's a, glaze there's a very on top. thin yeah. glaze, yeah. So that's where I discovered hot cross buns. And so when my wife bought them recently and brought them home, I, I think I ate the whole pack. Like I think I ate my share and then people weren't eating them because they're probably looking at it thinking, that's Just not a sweet treat. Like that's how spoiled my family is. They're looking at a hot cross bun. I'm salivating and they're like, what is this nonsense? Where are the brownies? Where are the danishes? You know, where are the scones? So anyway, um, yeah, that morning, I remember rolling out of bed, I don't know, five minutes before we were supposed to be on the on-ramp, go downstairs, get a drink, and grab Open a couple of cross buns, you know? The, so. uh, <laughs> I, you, similar kind of connection to, like, I remember my mom, like, my mom would say, let's go to the bakery, because there was a bait at the, uh, at the OC, so the Oshawa Center. There used to be down on, I don't know what grocery, superstores across the street, but superstore across the street used to be the Loblaws actually in the Oshawa Center. And right, um, right beside, I wish I could remember the name of the de delicatessen there. She would say, okay, we're going to get something from the bakery. And I quickly learned that it wasn't the bakery like that I saw on Saturday morning cartoons. Oh. It's like, we're friggin' going to the Polish delicatessen. And I would just, I was like, okay. But I'm like, I don't want poppy seed cake. I don't want strudel. Like I want, I want that Danish, and they're not selling Danishes, right? Or um, pitch, uh, pitch, pitch, pitch. They're donuts, but they're these like really heavy. Pachkis, yeah, yeah, pitchki, and uh, punchkis. 
yeah and they'd be like filled with some like yes but my family are like cherry i'm like i don't want that cherry again like so everything was just like okay you you giveth and you taketh away i'm like i want my twix cereal i want some donuts and i need i need like a baked good like can i have a muffin <laughs> can, I, can i have a muffin please so it's it's funny eh like that whole traditional like my mom would say yeah we're going to the bakery i'm like we're not going to a bakery we're going to the polish deli and you're gonna get like kielbasa and you know kaisers and sauerkraut i'm not gonna get anything that i like and you're gonna say to me go ahead do you want one of those donuts i'm like that's yeah. not a donut that's a polish i don't know what that is i'm with shameful. you shameful 100 110 percent. <laughs> it was the same thing we're going to the and i'm like no we're not we're not going like to the real one. We're going to the Arab one, which is like, it sucks. You know, all I wanted was a friggin' real donut or brownie or something back. We didn't even back in five minutes. We didn't even get to talk about that. eh? That'll be the, that's the Easter egg. Ooh, back in five minutes. I will say just as, as we go out. So the back in five minutes story was just about when you're running the solo show at your job and you got to go to the toilet. This could be about teaching. This could be about a summer job when you're a kid. This could be, you know, somewhere in between where you're the only one in there. And that can be problematic if you have to, you get a quick stomach gurgle and you got to go. The one that I was just going to mention, and if anybody wants to comment on this, the other day it was kind of funny. I was in my classroom, lunchtime, had the door closed. Someone's knocking on the door, knocking on the door, knocking on the door. I ignored it. Mm. I was enjoying my sandwich. I was reading my Twitter feed. I was writing a little bit of poetry. And then the next thing that happened, so I could see feet at the bottom of the door. So it wasn't like duck, 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 trying to get in. It was like knock, 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 knock. It's very polite. So I was politely ignoring the door. I'm like, I'm on my lunch. I'm going to take my lunch. I need my lunch today. Five minutes later, click, click. The door gets opened. Uh. And the individual that was looking to come in had went and asked for somebody else to open the door. Both of them are like, oh, you're in here. Someone's in here. They were very surprised. Mm. So I'm just, I was really reflecting on that moment of access. People thinking that they should have access at all times in education. I was thinking about that. The surprise um, and a little bit of, little bit of little side eye they were throwing me there. Like, why didn't you open the door? You should have opened the door. And the thing that we feel, the little bit of guilt, like maybe I should have opened the door. Maybe I shouldn't have taken my lunch. Maybe I shouldn't have like, ignored it the whole what if just in case scenario and i kind of put that out into twitter and other places that whole just in case i think sometimes wastes a lot of time and energy when we're not in the moment and in that moment i was deciding no i'm gonna eat because i made it dude i made a sandwich out of the prime rib that's what it was I, the prime rib that i made for easter i made it into a sandwich so i'm not sorry no i structured this thing for pleasure so I it finally got to it at lunchtime. I'm like, I'm gonna sit here with this sandwich. I'm gonna have some, some, some one-to-one -one time with this sandwich, and it was the right decision. Two thumbs up. <laughs> this was season five, episode thirty of the Decoder Podcast. Check in with us next week. Hopefully, we'll talk about back in five minutes and the stomach gurgle and what that looks like when you're working solo or whatever, wherever you're working, what that means for you. Mm -hmm. um, I gotta go, not not <laughs> to the bathroom, but I gotta go. So yeah, thanks for peace, man. Talk. Peace. We'll talk later. See ya. Ciao.